Today on Ovias and Julia, we'll give you premature evaluations on Duke, North Carolina, NC State, and more. I wonder if David Tepper kept the receipt on this billion-dollar offensive coaching staff he sunk money to in the summertime. Folks, it is not a Bryce Young problem in Charlotte. And coaches have gotten candid. Ryan Day, Dave Doran, Dan Lanning. Is there a Dion effect taking place? Thanks to everybody who has subscribed, followed all the things to our social media channels on their favorite podcast platform and, of course, on YouTube. And if you really want to rock with Ovi's and Julio, go check out the T-shirts. Go to BreakingT.com slash OG. Again, that's BreakingT.com slash OG. Go buy a T-shirt, a hoodie, a V-neck, anything today. OG. 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 Golly. It is time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. By doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back, so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Ovius inside the Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I had to like print out all the transcripts from all the coaches this weekend so I could just go through a fine-tooth comb all right, were they being extra? Were they being too online? Were they affected by Dion and why we're seeing all these kind of candid coaches? We'll get into that stuff a little bit later on. You need to get into your print management, your document management. Where are you wasting money? You don't want to do that as you approach the end of the year. Do that print assessment. Do that document management assessment. Contact copiers-plus today. Yeah, what's the, what's the harm in figuring out how you're losing money and how you could save money? Makes a lot of sense to me. No harm. So go to copiers-plus.com. All right. Very, very busy weekend of football. We've truly hit that sweet spot, man. Football. (laughs) We hit that sweet spot in the season where there's a lot to catch up on. So let's go ahead and get through it in in a very efficient manner. It is premature evaluations. Let us start. Joe... Not with Carolina, not with NC State, but with Duke. Duke. UNC is 4-0 for the first time since 1997. Look at Mac Brown in 1997. Look at Mac Brown today. Look at yourself from 1997 and look at yourself today. That's how long it's been. However, Duke continues to steal the football spotlight from the Tar Heels four weeks into the season They've been the biggest surprise out of the ACC, and they got game day showing up with Notre Dame coming to town on Saturday. Very hype. For a minute there, I, I saw Mike Elko watching Clemson handle Florida State thinking, <laughs> we might have the best team in the ACC. What? They, what? Still, they, still they still might. They still might. They still might. I think the part that's getting me is Riley Leonard's been fun to watch, but Riley Leonard hasn't exactly been doing it with his arm. Um, Actually, I think Riley Leonard is what they wanted Brennan Armstrong to be at NC State. He has not turned the ball over. He has not thrown any interceptions. He has not had any fumbles. He's been efficient on the ground, making plays happen. Now, you could make the argument that at this point in time, Duke's got better position players, a better offensive line, better running backs than where NC State is, which is its own entire conversation. But as it stands, Riley Leonard is not hurting the Blue Devils, and he's making big plays happen. Is he better than Drake May? No. However... We've seen a lot more exciting things coming out of Riley Leonard so far this season. Duke's been completely dominant in their games, and I know they're not playing the greatest teams in the history of football. Yeah. But uh, plus 114 is their scoring margin right now. That's, That's crazy. impressive. Yeah, Con- young, young Connor, uh, Connor O'Neill, 
D1. Duke's defense has given up five touchdowns in four games. They have been a muffed punt putting Clemson at the 16. After an offside on a field goal, it gave Lafayette a first down. Uh, on a eight and a half minute drive by Northwestern, uh, 126 left with the backups in against Northwestern and with 12 seconds left versus the backups in the UConn game. Uh, in fact, most of the air yards, this stat was pretty interesting. I thought UConn uh, in this game, and again, Elko's the defensive guy. Huskies gained 69 yards. Nice. Through the air on the final drive. That is what spoiled the shutout, but 45 passing yards in the rest of the game in the air. And that's just kind of where you, you say they're dominating. Oddly enough, it's from the defensive side of the ball. Can that sustain itself over the course of the season? I don't know, but Duke's a tough out. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget that Notre Dame went and hired Mike Elko to fix their defense. Yes. And did. And then Jimbo <laughs> Fisher was so impressed. He went and hired Mike Elko to fix his defense. And yes. Duke, I, I think you got to give Duke, you know, me with Kevin White and how I feel about him. Mm -hmm. It's a really good hire. This was, this was a really, really good hire. To the Tar Heels. I liked what I saw from the Tar Heels. How on, could you not? On Saturday night. Uh, that could have really gone off the rails for them how it started. Pat Narduzzi yeah. seems to, you know, throw a wrench into things for teams, unless it's Larry Fedora we're talking about. But I love the way that they recovered against Pitt on Saturday night. It could have been a complete derailment. I love that we finally saw Drake May's first game of the season, that he truly showed you everything that he is capable of after a Including little bit of a, a left-handed touchdown. Dude, pass. that left-handed throw was off the charts. Like, I was uh, I was in Richmond for uh, youth hockey, and I had to watch that game on my laptop because, shockingly enough, the hotel in Richmond did not have the ACC network at the bar. What are we doing here? But I was so geeked by that left-handed throw that I almost tossed the laptop off my lap. I was like, what? It was Car crazy to watch. Carolina's 4-0. Their next three games are at home. Mm -hmm. I'll ask again, <laughs> who will be the first team to beat the Tar Heels? That was a significant hurdle, in my opinion, that the pit, the style of play yes. for Pitt to handle them the way that they did 41, 24, especially after Pitt was feisty early. All good things are happening for the heels right now. So against Minnesota, it was about Nate McCollum uh, against Pitt. It was JJ Jones with 115 yards in catching. Uh, I bring this up because the Tez Walker debates aside, there was always going to be an adjustment without Josh Downs. We asked about jo you know the absence of Josh Downs. Who was going to be the guy that was going to step up? How long is it going to take for Drake may with a new offensive coordinator to find that sweet spot, to start clicking about what they're good at and what they might be deficient at. Earlier, in the, in the other thing about North Carolina so far, and I think this really truly came home to roost in the pit game, true, it gets, it's, a buzz, it's a buzz phrase that gets overused, but it is applicable here. Truly complimentary football. North Carolina got to this point, 3-0, before the pit game, winning different ways. They won with their defense against South Carolina. They won with their run game against App State. And Drake may really turned it on in the game against Minnesota. And Nate McCollum was the story of that game. And you started to get the sense like, okay, they're starting to find each other. They're starting to work well with each other. What's the ceiling here for North Carolina? And is it the roof? Is it way, the roof? It's way beyond that. It's way beyond the roof right now. And the defense, which had a, it was an atrocious first quarter. I think they gave up 145 yards total. A lot of that was on the ground. Settled down finally. It made Pitt's bad offense exactly what we've seen so far this season. Phil Jerkovich in that offense is just not it for Pat Narduzzi. And they finally made him look that way because that's another trouble spot for North Carolina in years past. They've made QBs, they've made running backs look otherworldly with this bend, don't break. They were doing a lot of breaking early on, but again, I like the way they recovered and ended up dominating that game. 
to Friday night with NC State and Virginia, uh, a slog of a game as we were preparing for a slog of Ophelia-related weather coming through the area here in the Triangle. Um, I, I really don't know what to say about NC State at this point other than ask a question. What were the expectations for the Wolfpack this season? What did people truly expect out of the Wolfpack this season? Seven or eight wins. Do you think would they be a can, good year? Do you think they can still do that in their own janky, you know, like we'll find a way, which is what Dave Dorr has been kind of doing the last couple of seasons. Everything been thrown at him. Can they do it again with this group? Can do they get to a bowl? Do you want my answer? Yeah, I want or? your answer. I want your answer. Because we're, we're going to get into Dave Dorn's comments in a larger conversation about coaches so sure. far this weekend in a little bit. But I, I want to talk about this game specifically, what we've seen and what people think MJ Morris is capable of adding to this team right now as currently constructed that makes you think it's going to go over the top. Yeah, I, I, the quarterback is a different conversation. Okay. <sighs> People listening to this are like, wow, the Joes are truly speechless about the Wolfpack. I want to be clear. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having a down year. Of course not. Like, this is part of it. When Mm -hmm. you're not Alabama, you're not Ohio State, you're going to have years where you're trying to get your roster back in order. And I get it. The big shiny thing in college football right now is Deion Sanders. We'll just go out and get 60 new players. Okay. (laughs) That's not going to happen at NC State. (laughs) All right. And quite frankly, one of Dave Doran's strengths has been finding players, retaining players, developing players, and then having that third and fourth year with a group where you feel like they have a chance. Mm-hmm. Last year was one of those chances, mm-hmm. right? 2017 was one of those chances. 2016 with all of the talent that they had. like, those are the teams to get mad at about Dave Doran. This is not a team to get mad at Dave Doran about. All right. This is the part of the cycle where you're like, okay, how can we figure out? And I, and I appreciate what they did with this offseason to answer the Armstrong question. I, and they went out and got a guy from Oregon, too, by the way, to play on the offensive line who gets mm-hmm. hurt. Never, we never see him. Yeah. Right. You bring back a Jordan Houston. You bring back a Trent Penix. And you, you, you have Peyton Wilson, who you're paying, and Dylan McMahon, who you're paying. Dylan McMahon's hurt, by the way. So I, I appreciate what they tried to do. But much like the Panthers, I don't see it paying off for them this year. That's not a bad thing. Like, I think if they go five and seven this year, I know they're three and one right now, but you got to understand who they just beat. Virginia's bad. They're bad. Like, I don't know Tony Elliott, and I hate, I hesitate to even say this. He's Carl Franks. Like, he, he's going to go down with one of the worst records in, in the history of that program. And if you don't know the history of Virginia football, it's really bad mm-hmm. for coaches not named George Welsh. Like, yeah. it's really bad. And he's going to be on that list for all kinds of reasons. Okay. Amongst them, he's just not a very good coach. Yeah. Right. And sometimes, and I, and I, it's, it's a year, a very difficult year for him. And then this year they're They're legitimately probably going to go one and 11 this year. Mm-hmm. And NC state needed a miracle penalty. And then a second penalty on a kick mm-hmm. to win the football game. So where does that leave NC state? Don't know. So you're going forward. You got eight games left. You have to win three of those eight games. And you say, well, that's certainly possible. And I agree. It's certainly possible. But you look at what NC State's been struggling with, with their offense, the way that they're, 
They had 180 passing yards in this game. I think you and I can both agree. We saw a football game between NC State and Maryland last year in mm-hmm. Charlotte. Even though it was mostly backups for both teams, those, those teams were pretty even, right? Yeah. In Charlotte. Yeah. Maryland threw for 342 yards against this terrible Virginia defense. Maryland scored 42 points against this terrible Virginia defense. Yeah. State had 180 yards passing and 24 points. So, and I get it. It was a Friday night. It was emotional for Brendan Armstrong. They're not going to play this poorly. They're not going to be this in a fit. They didn't play poorly because they won the football game. I felt like they found a way to win the football game, right? Yeah, I think defensively in particular to make the stops and get the turnovers that they did. Yeah, So they they didn't play poorly. I just think there's a ceiling to this team because talent-wise, they're just very, very average. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And we'll get into that And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being five and seven or six and six, in my opinion, in your worst year. Because you could be three and nine. You could be winless in the ACC, which Dave did for the first time in the history of the program. This is true. Elsewhere in the ACC, we had Florida State, Clemson. Hell of a game. Hell of a finish. Did anyone talk about that game nationally? Not, like, I'm normally not. No. A, um, I don't even know what national is anymore. But no. like, no, the lack of attention to that game was fairly disturbing to me. Well, it's because there's nothing in that group that gives you the WWE okay. payoff. Okay. And well, we'll get to that. That's, <laughs> that's where we're at right now when it comes to college football and the attention economy that comes along with it. But in terms of an actual football game, that did not go the way people thought it was going to go. Remember, this was supposed to be a referendum, and we talked about it. I'm not going to shy away from the fact no. that we thought, man, given what we've seen at a Clemson so far, given the talent that Florida State has brought in through the portal, this was going to be the indictment on Dabo. Like, man, you got to get with what Florida State's doing. And instead, Clemson outplayed Florida they, they State. They should have won the football game. If it wasn't for Dabo's stubbornness. Dabo's, if only. If only is this the bizdelic? Is this is this? Our radio people told us that you take away those those runs and we outscored it by nineteen. So did did Zappo Bizdelic himself? If you just take away some of the janky time management at the end of the game and the RPO, you take away the fifty six scoop and score. Yeah, there's that. You take away the missed twenty nine yard field goal. Huge Kyle Bambard vibes. Which, by the way, that's on Dabo. Dude, that's on Dabo. Dabo, look, everybody wants to obsess over clock management, and I feel that every coach in America, both in the NFL, college, high school level, whatever level of football you 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 are in, there there are some blind spots when it comes to game management. Because sure. there's a lot of shit going on, yeah. man. Like I don't I don't fault coaches. It ain't for, easy. It's not easy. I'm not trying <laughs> to act like it's easy. But even the best coaches get caught up in like whoa 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 whoa. What are we doing here? And I felt that they settled settling for a field goal. With a guy who just came out of retirement. Sure. And shout, shout out to the broadcast crew. You know, Greg McElroy is sitting here talking about, man, that would have been a Hollywood ending if he made the kick. And it, who was it? Was Sean it, McDonough. It was McDonough was like, yeah, well, the writers are on, are on strike. That's a hell of a line, man. That is a hell of a line from McDonough. It's a 29-yarder. Come on. Come on. You, you got to make that. But Dabo is <laughs> relying on this to win a game? Buddy. You should know better than that, man. But there's a little bit of that stubbornness. Why did what what karma did did Dabo like? You know, it's funny. How did he mix all this stuff up that they're giving up the scoop and score? Like that game was over. It's 24-17. Clemson has the ball yes. in, in plus territory. And I I literally went to the car to get a beer and I come back <laughs> to my kids' dorm room and they're like, um, it's tied. Did you see what happened? I'm like, what? No. You know what's funny? I I tweeted this out. Clemson had one game in Death Valley pulled their best NC State in Death Valley. Like, they did it to themselves. 
like, whoa, whoa, I'm used to NC State. Like you mentioned, Bambard. Yeah. I'm used to NC State being all riled up and then just having something catastrophic happen. Like, imagine if we had just beat Clemson. Clemson did it to themselves. That's not that's not Clemsoning that happened. No, that was NC State shit. That was a carryover effect yeah. to the Tigers. The scoop and score literally was the only way Florida State could have won the only way. Game. Only way. Like, yeah, I don't know how you explain that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of coaching mistakes, Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame. I thought the game was over. So much so. And everybody thought the game was over to the point where Kirk Herbstreit is talking about game day being at Wallace Wade because I think they put that announcement out there because even the broadcast crew thought, oh, okay, well, Notre Dame's going to win this game and we can set up this matchup between the undefeated Blue Devils and this Notre Dame squad. This is going to be crazy, right? You got the tie with Elko and Notre Dame, you know, first time ever at Duke. Like, this is a big deal. Cool, right? Instead, what happened was Ohio State found a way to win. And Marcus Freeman did not help matters by not understanding how many yards you're going to take on a penalty in a goal line situation. Here's what he said after the game when it was found out they had 10 players on defense on that final play. Yeah, we were trying to get a fourth D lineman on the field and I told him just stay off because we can't we can't afford a penalty. I didn't have any timeouts, right? So we couldn't afford a penalty there. Um, you know, and yeah, it's, it's on us. It's got to be better. Okay. So you would rather change. I can't afford to take a penalty there. What to move up 18 inches to move up half a yard. Like, what are we talking about here? You would, you would rather go with 10 defenders than 11. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, you just said a lot happens in clock management and end game situations. It gets chaotic. Mm -hmm. I can see the thought process being if I blatantly send somebody onto the field. Now, all of a sudden Ohio state gets a free play, which we've seen people have different mentalities when it comes to a free play that it wasn't a defensive lineman is the one that's getting me like, cause like really what's your corner going to do on a play like that? Assuming mm-hmm. Ohio state doesn't snap it and, and, and throw it out to the right. uncovered sure, guy. Sure, right. Sure, sure. So I'm not going to, I don't, this doesn't bother me. This one doesn't bother me. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cause I could see it both ways. That's fair. Every time we talk about college football, Joe, it's brought to you by Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, Wings Over Greenville. I was in Wings Over Raleigh on Friday. I was at Wings Over Greenville on Saturday. Awesome. Went hot lemon pepper, uh, went with the just normal buffalo hot, and then I added the honey barbecue to the mix, which is a nice Ooh. change of pace from the spice. I, I thought that really hit, but you know how I feel about the hot lemon pepper. I, You'll never guess. I went sweet chili. <laughs> Again, every time I do not like to divert. Go find your own flavor, wingsover.com. Order, go pick it up. There's free parking on Hillsborough Street there, right across from UT. Can't miss it. Great spot for Ryan Malley. Appreciate him taking care of us this college football season. Check out our podcasts. We got Law of the Wolf. We got Picks and Pizza. We got 919 Vice. We've got Young Gun, a Panthers podcast hosted by Dimitri Ravanos and uh, Lauren Brownlow. And they got a new episode coming out this week. You can check it out on Origin Sports, too. If you have have a Roku, a Samsung TV, uh, any number of these streaming boxes, there's Origin Sports. It's a fast channel. And now once a week, Young Gun's going to show up on that channel, which I think is really, really cool. Really, really happy for them. Uh, Want to thank 
State Farm Insurance for sponsoring Ovias and Jillio. You can check out Matt Davis. He's based in Garner. I'm a State Farm guy. Uh, Matt Davis. So I know what quality you're dealing with when you deal with State Farm. Matt Davis, like all other State Farm agents, he's there. He's that you can call him 919-779-8277, and he's gonna save you money. I think we've got two instances now where we've got do, some people have saved some money. Do it, Troy. Yes. Did <laughs> save about 40%. Are Love you it. kidding? Love it. That's a huge savings as someone who now understands tax percentages and <laughs> things that you give up. Um, so I, I, I played Matt, I played golf with Matt on Friday in the Garner Chiropractic Open over yeah. at Lonnie Pool. It was a great yeah. time, great afternoon. And he said, Oh, yeah, that guy Troy, like he his mom. Is with us now too. I said, "See, see, advertising works. It works. Guys. Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell them to contact us. <laughs> Better yet, go to the OGInsurance.com. Find out for yourself. It is peak football season. Basketball season's right around the corner. You need to be outfitted. It's also hoodie season at this point, as the temperatures are getting slightly cooler. And Homefield's got all that gear for you. Check them out online. Homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23." to save 15% off your order. Again, that's OG23 to save 15%. They keep dropping new stuff all the time. Uh, and the cool thing about Homefield is it's got a really good community. You can download the app. You start getting even more coupons so you can be properly fitted for any tailgate that you have. It's good stuff. So again, big thanks to Homefield Apparel. Again, use that promo code OG23. <laughs> What, 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 what do we make of the Panthers, man? <laughs> They're through three through three weeks of the season. They are the most penalized team in the NFL. They had a horrendous showing on procedural penalties alone. They were very close to having an all-time record in offsides. I believe the record was set by the Giants in 2005. They were close to surpassing that. On one drive alone, Iki Aquano, I think, had like four off offsides in, in one sequence. It was crazy. Just to, just, and I don't want to. I, I don't want to call him out. Chandler Zavala also had a, a procedural penalty as well. It was just a complete failure. Pack pros. It was a complete failure by the entire team. A complete failure from the coaching staff to the players themselves. It was a bad showing, and it makes me wonder what the hell are the Panthers doing here. With Frank Reich. So, I hope he kept the receipt, by the way. Did David Tepper keep the receipt on the billion-dollar all-star coaching staff? So Lauren and Dimitri ask each week, was Bryce Young too short? <laughs> I think we can keep asking until we get the answer. What is the Panthers' identity under Frank Reich? Don't know. 37 points, all of the penalty, the self-inflicted wounds. Something tells me, though, that Tepper was probably happy that they didn't win this game with Andy Dalton. Throwing for 350 yards. Oh, because well, you don't you don't want that situation. That, that, <laughs> you know, it's fun. I'm with you on this. I actually jotted this down. I'm glad that the Panthers lost. I'm glad that Andy Dalton had to throw it 58 freaking times. And it gave us this quote from Frank Reich after the game. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't come in to see I don't throw it 58 times and win very many games. So that was not the formula that we wanted. Uh, the run game was non-existent, um, you know. And so we got to continue to work on that. Um, I did think that I did think that Andy handled the pass game pretty well. I think he handled the pass game pretty well, made a lot of good throws. We made some plays in the pass game. You know, 
I thought given 58 attempts and, and here, there were times the protection broke down, but it wasn't horrible. You know, like it was, you know, I have to look at the tape, but you know, in many ways I thought Andy, I thought Andy was pretty solid. Um, I thought Andy did a lot of good things today. There's two times where coaches on game day make their money. Mm-hmm. First quarter, opening script, mm-hmm. right? The third quarter, halftime adjustments, that's also coaching. It's 13 and 12 at the half for all of their problems. Yeah. They're up. Yeah. Third quarter, 10 nothing, Seattle. This is paint by numbers stuff mm-hmm. here. And you would expect more out of a 62 year old coach who's been in the league for 20 years. Mm-hmm. That, that would be the frustration if I'm the Panthers, if I'm Tepper. You don't know who you are. You don't have an identity. You do not have a clear identity of who you are. You did make some nice moves. I thought the premise of those moves was correct. You know, I I do think Miles Sanders was supposed to be something that he's quite frankly not. He's not. So but their offensive line has actually gotten worse. And that's Remember, part of it. This that's was part, and there's injuries there. There, there, there are, are injuries. But there's there. injuries everywhere. I get that. It's funny, like Seattle fans would tell you, Oh, you want to talk about injuries? We've been dealing with some stuff too. I mean, every football team deals sure. with it. How do you how do you work past that? We've we've seen an offensive line that looked like it was one of the promising units for the Carolina Panthers, and one of the reasons why you could go and get Bryce Young and develop that because of the identity last year. It was it was clear, it was defined. Yes, we're going to run the football, we're going to play defense, and somewhere between then and now, the offensive line has regressed in ways that, okay, I get it. Maybe there's some growing pains with Iki Aquano. He's gotten worse. He's struggling. He is really going through it right now. Again, I put that on coaching. So if if you don't know what you're going to be, I'd like to know what Frank Reich sold to David Tepper. I'd like to know what I would like to know what David Tepper thought he was getting when he went with all of these offensive gurus to put together this billion dollar staff that everybody was excited about. It's great that you win headlines. It's great that you were the talk of the town heading into the draft because you had the number one pick. And what were they going to do, even though it seemed to be a foregone conclusion? But all that's fluff, man. That's all the off-season things that I want to be talked about. I want to be the center of the tension. Ultimately, the biggest difference between David Tepper and Tom Dundon, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, is that people will talk about you when you win. People will talk about you when you have a compelling storyline that is a result of what you're seeing out of games. And right now, the what's wild about the Panthers is that they have the number one pick. He did not play this weekend. And they're not even discussing whether that's a bust or not yet. Like, what's going on in Carolina? They're not even the most exciting train wreck right now in the NFL. So the problem that the Panthers have is that nobody gives a shit about them. Not a soul cares about the Panthers. And three weeks into the season, after all the goodwill and all the nostalgia plays that they used in the summertime to get people hyped up again, it's the same stuff with a different staff. It's the same stuff was supposedly, even I said this, what I thought were the adults in the room. I'd like to know what this coaching staff is doing that's different than what we saw to Matt Rule and got roasted week in, week out. So that's this business about... I would assume, Kurt, that Frank Reich is treating them like adults, which Matt Rule struggled with. There's that. I get that part. But come on, you're struggling with noise? It's suddenly playing in Seattle. It was like it was a surprise that they were loud? The number of penalties was... Totally inexcusable, pathetic. Um, you know, we, we talked in there. I would just say this as a general statement. First of all, what we said in there was, and, and I mean every ounce of it, I, I have a very strong belief in our team and our players 
I have a very strong belief in our coaches, and I know we can be a good football team if we don't beat ourselves. That being said, um, what we did, the number of penalties that we had on offense was pathetic. And, um, you know, that starts with me uh, as an offensive coach. That starts with our offensive coaches, you know, getting our players ready. And that starts with our players. That's unacceptable. I mean, it's like we never played in the noise before. We knew it was coming. We practiced all week with, with noise. I mean, Wednesday was so loud out there, you couldn't even think. Well, I guess it didn't really work. That was Frank Reich talking about the penalties and the noise and everything else that was sneaking up on you. Back to your point about Andy Dalton. And it's kind of a good thing that they lost this game because we would have gone into the laziest argument possible about QB wins and, you know what, mm -hmm. it's Andy's team going forward, Bryce Young, this and that. It's a lazy conversation. It's the most base-level conversation we have on, on NFL overreaction Mondays. We did this with the Cowboys. Yep. We did this with... I do hope, though, that... What was his name? What, with uh, Cooper Cooper Rush? No, no. The white guy who replaced uh, Cam Newton ended up in Washington. Oh, uh, Kyle Allen. <laughs> yes, it was Kyle Allen's team. You know, you got to... No, it was Christian McCaffrey's team. He was the defense and Christian McCaffrey were the reason why they were winning those games. I said this after last week, that we can't have an honest conversation about Bryce Young because the team around him is not very good. Offensive line has regressed. The guys that they went and got to be wide receivers were, as Lauren Brownlow so eloquently put it, these are flex position guys <laughs> for your fantasy football team. They don't have Tyree Kill, who's probably the MVP of the first uh, three weeks of the NFL season, based on what we've seen so far out of the Miami Dolphins. You know, Tua Tagovailoa is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he has weapons and they've designed something. We know what their identity is. Yeah. And their identity on offense is speed. so good with speed that they couldn't even help themselves dropping 70 on the Denver Broncos. Remember, Mike McDaniel in this game took guys out and they could have gone for the record, but they knelt instead of kicking a field goal. That's how badly things went for the Denver Broncos this weekend uh, as they dropped 70 on the Denver Broncos. But, the Dolphins, as I talked about last week, built to get to this point. So you're screwed in terms of your your first round picks because you use them to get Bryce Young. So they could, could be bad this year. The what are Bears they do could have the top two picks in the draft. Think about that, right? Number one, number two. Think about that. <laughs> so that's where the Bears are more interesting as a bad team. The Panthers don't even have that. But people were looking at Andy Dalton, the offense, looking like it was getting better. No. The wide receivers were doing a better job than that, than what we have seen over the last or the first two weeks of the season. James Data over at SB Nation pulled this stat. First game of the season where Thielen is over average on separation and he's cooking. Shark is close to average. Shockingly enough, when your wide receivers can create some separation, look what happens. You can actually do some things on offense. Um, the, 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 the tape eaters, the people who watch the All-22, the, the NFL Plus All-22, and they take the screen grabs, they went through a lot of plays in um, in the loss to the New Orleans Saints on Monday night. And every single one of those screen grabs, it was a, what's Bryce Young supposed to do here? Like I said, look, look at the play. Look at the wide receivers. Look at how they're covered. What's Bryce Young supposed to do here? And Bryce Young, for the most part, had been doing pretty well with the lack of windows, the lack of opportunities. He was completing these passes best he could. So Andy Dalton looked a little bit better because guess what? The wide receivers are doing a little bit better job creating separation. 
So all of this is to say, in a big picture view, the problem isn't Bryce Young. The problem isn't Bryce Young was the wrong pick. I'm t- Dude, Bryce Young's not the problem. He's not. Unless you want to subscribe to this conspiracy theory. You want to get into the conspiracy yeah, theory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me with this conspiracy theory. I like those. Do we know where Bryce Young got hurt in Monday night? Do we know that yet? I don't think so. Like, do we know the play where it happened? Has anybody explained how it is that Bryce Young completed that game, actually looked pretty good at the end of the game, they got some garbage time yards, and then all of a sudden he's out one to two weeks without even so much of a report that he's testing it out? I didn't get a single Schefter. I didn't get a single Joe person. I didn't get a single JJ. Bryce Young has to be taken off the field because he really wants to play this weekend. I think, again, this is conspiracy mode here. I think the Panthers have come to the realization, oh, man, we suck. And it's entirely possible that we're going to ruin the development of Bryce Young in front of a crap team with an offensive line that's regressed and wide receivers that have not cashed the way we thought it was going to go. So that's that's conspiracy number one. Okay. Let me just state for the record, as I have multiple times Mm -hmm. since I know Georgia played Alabama. I know. Excuse me. uh, Ohio State basically beat Georgia and just didn't win the football game. Sure, sure, sure. I think CJ Stroud should have been the number one overall pick in this draft. Fine. And what I've seen so far has not changed my mind. Okay. Now that doesn't mean Bryce Young can't be a good quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I'll just say it again. He's not a guy. I don't, I don't think he's a guy who's going to win games for you. If you're sitting here saying he needs to rekill, he needs Jalen Waddle. He needs everything else. Well, then he's not a difference maker. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be the number one overall pick and not be a difference maker. That's just hard. Yeah. And I don't think that's a conspiracy, by the way, to say that they're trying to protect him right now under the guise of an ankle injury, whatever they're doing. Like I would, I I actually think Bryce Young might've been better off in as a Mahomes. Yeah. Remember he's supposed to be the pocket Mahomes, but again, that gets back to identity. That gets back to identity. Alex Smith played. Remember, Mr. Average played. Missed. This is gets back to the identity. They said in the offseason, they want him to play all 17 games. All 17. If you had sold it that we brought Andy Dalton yeah, in yeah, yeah. to set things up for Bryce Young to take over in the future, because Which we're going to do to Tonga Bailoa. Yes. Because they had Fitzmagic there, and then they unleashed Tonga right. Bailoa. Ryan Fitzpatrick was essentially the football of equivalent of a baseball relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. That's what he was. Yeah. When they actually took Tua out in situations that were a little too much for him in game winning yeah. situations, and people screamed. But I got what they were trying to do. Oh, you're slow walking Tua into these situations. You're trying to develop to, for the long term run. And they stuck to it. They stuck with mm-hmm. it. And what are we seeing payoff so far in the early season with the Miami Dolphins? Unbelievably so. All right. Which gets back to the conversation we had about the Dolphins and the Panthers and how one team got here and how the other team has basically made poor decisions after poor decisions. And they're screwed trying to get better because how are the Panthers supposed to get better in the offseason when they don't have draft picks? Not key draft picks. Not assets that they can flip to go get a difference maker at wide receiver if they want to. What are they going to do? Now, they had Brian Burns, but they decided, no, we're going to keep Brian Burns, but then not pay him. And you had two first-round picks you could have gotten for right. Brian Burns, theoretically, if you believe the report about the Rams. Those two first-round picks would come in really handy to build around Bryce Young. So the Panthers have gone about this in a way that keeps, it's like stepping on a rake, you know? <laughs> it's like stepping on a rake. And I, I, I joked about this over the weekend in, in terms of NC State beating Virginia. You know, there's three ways you can win football games, all right? 
It's the old Herb Sendek remixed. Herb Sendek, the NC State coach, used to joke with you. Yep. There's two ways to win a oh, basketball game. He wasn't joking. Game. He was, no, he was very serious. serious. There's two ways to win a basketball <laughs> game or win any sporting contest, really. You can score more than the other team. Mm-hmm. You can prevent the team that you're playing from scoring more than you. But I've added a third. Don't punch yourself in the dick. And repeatedly, repeatedly, or not as often as the other team. And you'll probably walk out with a win. But that's what the Carolina Panthers have been doing. They keep stepping on the rake. It's like the meme where the kid sticks the stick in his bicycle and crashes and then goes, man, I can't believe this happened. Well, you do it to yourself. So on and, the positive side, the Panthers scored 27 points. Uh, okay. By the way, to wrap my point, who's the center of this? What's the one consistency in all of this? Well, Tepper. Right. So when do they win? When do they win? I, I asked you, when does, uh, when does the North Carolina Tar Heels lose? When do the Carolina Panthers win? Man. If they don't beat Minnesota next week, man, I don't know. Every time we talk about the Carolina Panthers, it's brought to you by Graffiti. Downtown Carry. Check them out. They got Sunday specials for all those football games. And given how the Panthers have been playing, you might need a stiff drink. Okay. <laughs> you might be like, Cope. wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did oh, did they, another offsides? All right. Give me another bourbon special because this sucks. Again, graffiti has a lot of great times, uh, whether it's with the axe throwing, DJ nights. They do great music nights. And on Tuesdays, they have break even night when it comes to bourbon. Uh, essentially, what you are doing is you're buying your bourbon at cost. Whatever they paid, they break that down per ounce. So you can get a really expensive bourbon that you've been thinking about buying. You might want to try it first. And it might cost you three bucks for a one ounce pour. That's all thanks to graffiti. So again, go check them out in downtown Cary. That thong, the thong, thong, thong. I'm telling sprightly. you, it's it's thong song. It's good stuff. I'm telling you, it's the thong song. That's what that is. Uh, big thanks to Hometown Realty for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out, myhtr.com. Uh, when it comes to home buying, you need somebody that understands the market, understands what you know, what's coming in, what it's going to take to get that house. And more importantly, when it comes to selling a house, you don't want to leave money on the table in this market. Homes are going for over list. So why would you just sell it to an online site that says, oh, we'll just give you money right now? No, 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 no. Not in this market. Hometown Realty can help you with that. Barry Woodard and his crew, more than 250 agents, six locations. Find the best one for you at myhtr. Dot com. My new favorite thing about myhtr.com, the mortgage calculator. Math. I'm not good at math. Always wins. I'm not really good at math. Uh, big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovius and Gilio. Check them out, wh.lawyer. Uh, you have to sell a house. You got to go to closing. They can handle those sorts of things. Uh, you need to break a grant of rights. They might have some thoughts on that too. So again, go check them out, wh.lawyer. If they're smart enough to have the world's greatest URL, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, they're smart enough to help you with all of your legal needs. Next topic, please. Do you like the WWE era we have entered with college football coaches, Joe? Yes. (laughs) We finally did it. (laughs) Let's actually start local. Let's go back to Friday first and get back to a conversation we were having about NC State and Virginia and what exactly this team is, is about. Before we get into Deion Sanders, Dan Lanning, 
Ryan Day, coaches going after old pundits. I mean, both Lee Corso and Lou Holtz were taking strays this weekend. So let's talk, let's talk about candid coach number one. That would be Dave Dorn. This was at the end of his press conference after they beat Virginia in a way that left people wanting more. It's a classic. I called it a Dave Dorn special. They won, and yet people are still walking away upset. Tell me we haven't had this conversation about a Dave Dorn win in the last 11 years multiple times. I mean, how many times have we had that conversation? A couple. Yeah. Yes. So Friday night was exactly what we've seen out of Dave Dorn teams. They won some way, somehow, and people are pissed. And Dave Dorn, I think, has been reading people's tweets. What we did tonight, I thought, was... A bunch of guys had to play. There was injuries. In the, in the second play of the game, Boykin goes down. You know, and all week in practice, Cecil Powell was our backup strong safety. Cecil went in the game, got hurt. So both strong safeties were hurt in the first quarter. And so Bishop Fitzgerald moves from free safety to strong safety. He didn't take a rep in practice all week at that position. That's what we were dealing with. You know what I mean? Like those are the things going on. You guys don't understand. So I thought we played really well under the circumstance with what we had. Devon Betty wasn't in practice all week because him and his fiance had a baby. You know, so he missed all the practices this week. So beautiful baby girl. You know, that's going on. There's real life stuff happening on this team. You know, uh, on offense, you know, we lost a running back on the second to last day of the week. You know, and then we get out there and all of a sudden, Raphael gets hurt. You know, those things are real. And people want to bitch at play calling and this, that, and the other. Like, there's other stuff going on, man. We found a way to win on the road in the rain against an inspired football team. Shit, be happy we won. It's a good win. I'm excited to go home three and one, get ready to play Louisville, you know? So that's uh, that's Dave Dorn. Thanks to Ethan Hyman of the News and Observer for capturing that footage and sending it to me for today's show. Um, Ethan does great work. <laughs> the injury stuff, that's coach speak. That that's that that part doesn't really move me in any way, shape, or form because every coach has given that speech at some point in time. Here are all the things that you guys don't know what's going on. Every coach has done that. Cool. Whatever. The part that I found fascinating was the end. It was the shit, be happy we won. All right. I'll take three and one. And I tweeted this out with some pushback, Joe, but I think Jamie won't let us put that on shirts, will he? What? Shit, be happy we won. I don't see why not. <laughs> we could do like the little, like the little, you know, the the ampersand, the pound sign, the exclamation point, be happy with one. Actually, I'm thinking about a Notre Dame, you know, play like a champion today to put behind me that says, shit, just be happy we put on podcast today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I, I had tweeted this out and I got some pushback. It's like, that's Dave straight up admitting implicitly, man, I don't know what you thought this team was going to be, but I, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take any win we can get this year because that's just the kind of season we have, which, of course, gets to the, the the pushback, another form of pushback in that, well, how is a team rebuilding in year 11? It always seems like this team is rebuilding every single year, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Handle that. Whoa, 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 whoa. First off, 99% of college football programs live this life, all right? And rebuilding is all relative to the success of a program. Like a rebuilding year at Alabama looks like this. But a yeah, rebuilding too. A rebuilding year at a program like NC State, which is the majority of college football programs, is that you have these windows. If you want to get on Dave Dorn for missing the opportunity the last three seasons with veteran groups, cool. 
But if you want to get on Dave Dorn this year, I'm not seeing it. This is not the team to be mad at. No. <laughs> no. That's not the droids you're looking for. I, and I don't mind his comments either. Now, one thing I will say that NC State's not great at messaging. They never have. Never have been in the history of NC so, State. And maybe he gave more comments about Jordan Houston, but something tells me that he didn't. Yeah. You know, and this is the kind of thing that Dave quick usually... Contact, quick context. Jordan Houston running back before this game. It's announced that he's leaving yeah, the program, and, essentially. And Josh Goodson was on um, Picks and Pizza with me. Mm-hmm. Was at practice. And he said <laughs> Jordan Houston was with the ones at the last open practice, the, the last practice that the the collective guys were allowed to go to. Jeez, okay. So something happened there, yeah. but they didn't, they're not explaining it. I suspect what happened was they said to him, hey, your role is going to be reduced going forward. And he said, okay, fine. I haven't played four games yet, so I'm going to redshirt and go play. So I'm going to use my final year of eligibility somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying that. Um, and just getting to the point about their messaging. Like, hey, we're going to redshirt MJ Morris this year. This is what we're trying to do. Like mm-hmm. they haven't really come out and said any of that either. And that's what kind of leads us to this discourse about what's going on with Brendan Armstrong, what's going on with MJ Morris, you yeah. know, the offensive line is dealing McMahon hurt. What is going on? They never explain themselves as to what's going on. So that would be my only frustration. Him being happy that they won the football game in the way that they did. He should be. Mm-hmm. He absolutely should be. It's okay, but it's also okay for fans to look at it and go, you just played a really, 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 really average at best football team. The last one on your schedule that you're going to look at and go, because I got news for you when they play Marshall in two weeks. Yeah. Who just Marshall's, beat Virginia. Marshall's got talent. Who just beat Virginia Marshall Tech. went to Notre Dame last year and won at Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't like the fact that they added Marshall to their schedule in the way that they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I have a sneaky feeling that they're not going to like the fact that they invited Marshall to a party. Those are the kind of things that I look at when I look at their schedule because people are like, they're three and one. They're going to win three more games. Stop being so negative. Stop being so pessimistic. I'm not being any of those things. I'm having more of a, a, a clear, realistic view of what you are. And I know that the transitive property doesn't always work, but NC State went to UConn and barely got out of there. Yeah. Duke just went to UConn and took their women and children. Like that was a, a slaughter. So who do you want to be? Do you want to be the team that goes and, and handles their business? Or do you want to be the team that barely escapes against competition that, quite frankly, isn't great? And then you start looking at what's left for them, and it's fair to question it. Now, they could show out on Friday night. I feel like I created it. It's my freaking law, people. Mm-hmm. They could absolutely show out on Friday night against Louisville. Absolutely, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Based on what I've seen, though, that's unlikely to happen. Yeah. But where they are, having a down, like I've said, Dave's bad teams have been bad. His first team went three and nine and didn't win an ACC game. Like that's bad. There has been one winless team in ACC play in the history of NC State football. It's them. It was Dave's first team. Yes. In 19, they won one game in the league. They were bad. And you could sit here and tell me, oh, they had injuries. They had this. They had this. They had that. They had this. They had this. Buddy, the, the ACC is not like, that. you're not playing the... 89 Niners here. Yeah. Like there are games to be had, mm-hmm. right? So this is one of those years in that cycle, which I had cautioned people going into the, I had cautioned people after the spring game, the spring game was in a, in a monsoon. The weather was for shit, but talent is still obvious. When you see talent, you know it, they don't have it. And I watched that game going, uh Oh, that yeah. was my thought. My thought was, uh Oh, yeah. Now here we are. And I'm watching them struggle with Virginia and I'm going, 
uh-oh, again. Now, and, and they played a relatively clean game. The turnovers aren't there. They're not beating themselves yeah. relatively. Look, okay. They, they, the, the defense was making plays, which is it. what people thought. But ultimately, at some point, you have to have somebody with the ball in their hands make a play to win a football game. Which gets ultimately, to pushing this forward. That's what you have to have. To push the conversation forward. How does a program like NC State get around that? They, they're trying next year. And again, this is part of the larger arc of NC State this year. Mm-hmm. This year, they went and spent money on Brandon Armstrong in the portal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the, the, I'm assuming they paid the kid from Oregon to come play offensive line. I think it's fair to assume. I'm going to assume. He didn't any randomly play- just right. come here from Oregon uh, <laughs> I'm assuming, without being paid. I'm assuming any playmaker that shows up to a place, there's something that's okay. going on, which is fine. So that's, that's the way of the They world. tried to do what they could to avoid that bad year yes. by adding those veteran players. Yes. I don't hate that. You'll note in the next cycle, they went out and paid the kid from Burlington, who's a freshman, who's a who's a hot shot recruit receiver, mm-hmm. playmaker. Mm-hmm. The question now is, can you keep that kid in this world of NIL? But I don't disagree with the premise of saying, okay, we couldn't get so-and-so as a fifth or six-year guy because Keon Coleman from Michigan State. NC State's not in that tax bracket. That's not who they are. So you have to either find bargain basement Belichick, you know, knockoffs in the transfer portal, or you can try to get a kid like Jonathan Paylor, who you say, I'm in on the ground floor. I'm paying you early. We're going to take care of you. Let's see what happens from here. Also, when you get, when you have a player like that in recruiting, just as they saw with Drake Thomas, sometimes you get a guy and he goes and gets other guys. Yes. And that's how you get back to that third and fourth year cycle. They're just in a spot right now. That is not foreign for teams that are not named Ohio state. Alabama, Georgia. It's a reality of college football, even in the portal era. Speaking of Ohio State, to transition to other candid coaches from the weekend, Ryan Day, it it really was a viral weekend for coaches. It started with Dan Lanning, the Oregon coach, which we'll get to in a second. And then it closes with Ryan Day at Ohio State going WWE shoot promo on Lou Holtz? What? So here's... (laughs) Did you see... Did you see the... did, Did you see the golfer... That I'm gonna I be per- you. I'm gonna that, be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I didn't know Lou Holtz was still with us. That's fair. That's fair. Did you see the golfer that went viral last week? The guy like ripped off yeah, his yeah. shirt. The barstool thing. No, the, oh, the different one. Yeah, it was yeah. a different guy. The guy rips off his shirt. Yes. He was like a lone golfer, which is a separate conversation you and I can have about. Should you be wary of the guy who's just golfing <laughs> by himself? And have you ever been that guy, Joe? So of this, course, this of course. guy rips his shirt off. He's like, "You come at me." <laughs> well, that's what Ryan Day did, and I'm like, "Oh man, what's got him so fired up?" And apparently, it was. Lou Holtz? Toughness. Toughness. That's it. Physicality, cross the board, finish it off, having guts. You know, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. Yeah. What he said about our team. What he said about our team. I cannot believe. <laughs> this is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. And it's always been Ohio against the world. Uh-huh. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. Whoa. I'll tell you what, I love those kids. And we got a tough team. We're going out of Michigan. <laughs> We're going to Arkansas. Yeah. All right. So what did Lou Holtz say? Like what, what's got him so fired up? Lou Holtz was on with Pat McAfee. Mm. And here's what he said. And you look at coach day and I coached at Ohio state under Woody Hayes. We won the national championship when I was there. So I'm proud of that. However, <laughs> he has lost to Alabama, yeah. Georgia, okay. right? Clemson, uh-huh. Michigan uh-huh. twice, uh-huh. and everybody that beats him 
does so because they're more physical than Ohio State. And I think Notre Dame will take that same approach. Uh, okay, what, what, what did Lou Holtz say that was wrong? I feel like Ryan Day was using Lou Holtz as an avatar for his own fan base. Because when you lose to Michigan the way that they did last year, they got run out of the gym. Yeah. And it was like, that was not a, hey, we were, we're really close. Mm-hmm. That was, you just took the ball and put it in our ear. I'm glad you brought that up because in Day's rant, he continued. What did they prove to you tonight in this victory that you'll take away and run with? Toughness. Everybody's questioning these kids all the time. We- Nobody's questioning the kids, dude. They're uh... questioning, no, they're questioning you. They're questioning you, your play calling. Are they prepared? Like, tra- shout out to my guy Travis, yeah, who used to work at ESPN. But and you're just wanting this to be rants on him all the but time. But you're wanting this to be both ways right now. How so? You're extremely online. Yes. Ryan Day is like our age. Yes. Why is he not allowed to be extremely? Because online? he's hypocritical about it. Why is all he, these, what is he being hypocritical about? He right okay, now you got, okay. he is the guy. He's yelling back at the clouds. He's yelling back at Twitter. Is what he's doing. Dave Dorn at did his the same own thing, by fans. The way. He's yelling back at his own fans. Not whoever, Lou Holtz or whoever. Here's where it's He's mad at his own fans who are rightly sitting there going, how is Michigan running the ball for 400 yards Got against it. us with a backup running Got back? It. It's hypocritical to me when coaches expose themselves to being extremely online because they spend 364 days out of the year telling you to block out the noise. They okay. tell their players, get off social media. It's rat poison. Social media is what's wrong with this country. Back in my day, I used to read a newspaper and walk up the street to my school in the snow both ways. I didn't have this stuff. People gassing you up and telling you you're great all the time. You need to get off social media. Social media is bad. In fact, telling families that I don't let my kids have a phone is the new, I don't have a TV in my house. All right? So it's hypocritical when coaches go on these rants because it exposes that they're just as weak-minded as the people they say are what's wrong with this country. However, I think there's something deeper going on here. I think Dion has opened the door finally for these coaches to take these small little things and blow them up into motivational speeches. I want to be really clear about what I'm saying here because understandably, I got a little pushback from our listeners when I pointed out that Dion's in these guys' heads, all right? What is college football about more so than any other sport? Attention. Recruiting. Recruiting and attention. Trying to get somebody's attention. To which recruit. Is, which come, is, come play for you. Which is why I thought it was hysterical that the pregame speech by Dan Lanning, the Oregon coach, ahead of this game against Colorado and Dion, sounded like this. The Cinderella story is over, man. Right? They're fighting for clicks. We're fighting for wins. There's a difference. Right? There's a difference. Right? This game ain't going to be played in Hollywood. It's going to be played on the grass. Right? It's going to be played on the grass. Okay, cool. Dan Lanning ran it up on Colorado. He's making a point. I was was here for that. That was a good line. Okay, okay, okay. But, Joe, we're old enough. How did Oregon become a pound? How did Oregon become a household name? Phil Knight gave them a bunch of money, Uh and they wore different uniforms for, like, every game. Huh. Was that doing it for clicks? Is that doing it for attention? Put yourself on the map, Right. Am, am I missing something? How here? do we appeal to the youths? Yes, we can. Exactly. We can attribute all special uniforms to Oregon. Exactly. Yes. And this is a co- football's copycat. All copycat. Somebody does something. Oh, are you putting, is Duke basketball doing a thing where they're doing these graphics and like they're sitting at a throne and they're, and they're coming here? Oh, is there a shoe wall at Carolina? Well, I need to have a cool neon thing. I mean, hell man, I got cool neon behind me. We got good vibe. Everything is a copycat. You take what works and you try to apply it to yourself. So 
I understand where the attitude can come from that college coaches have been doing this kind of stuff for years, these kind of shoot promos, if you will, because it's attention. But I would argue that those shoot promos come from a Nick Saban-like calculated, I read something in the paper, and I'm going to coin rat poison. Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40. That was based on, again, an interaction with the press. Dion has come along and has started to use what other coaches are saying and amplify it to a point to motivate his team that other coaches are going, well, well, if he's going to do that, if he can do that and it's working, it's working. He's getting all the attention. Like you cannot go fight. You thought the Taylor Swift, Travis, Travis Kelsey thing is, you know, eating up your timeline. Anytime Dion does something, it eats up your timeline and other, other teams are starting to bite it. Because you notice after Oregon beat Colorado, you know what their star players were doing? They were holding up the arm like Shador. Now, Colorado doesn't have a problem with that. Dion doesn't have a problem with that because the game recognizes the game. Right. Dion has zero issues with this. And I'm not really interested in the culture war that spills out at any time we talk about what's going on in college football with Dion Sanders right now. I'm talking specifically about how Dion seems to have triggered something with these guys. And they're like, well, wait a minute. If he's using these small slights, you didn't believe? Well, I'm come on, Ohio, little old Ohio State, Ohio <laughs> against the world. Come on, man. You have the largest freaking alumni base. You can't go two miles without running into somebody at Ohio State. Ohio State dominant. You have everything going for you at Ohio State. Name me a coach that has failed at Ohio State. That is a program that is built to win little old Ohio state. Come on now. That's probably why Ohio state fans have a problem with Ryan day. He's like, buddy, every time we bring somebody here, they end up winning and you're getting in fairness. They had it last year. they had it last year. For what happened, but they didn't happen. Right. So I don't, this is not about Dion somehow disrupting college football to a point where we've never seen this before. Now we don't, we, I get it. We have, but I think Dion has unlocked something with coaches for the attention economy And they're creating these little slights and then blowing them up even further. And that's where you end up in a situation where Ryan Day looks at the camera. He's like, come at me, Lou Holtz. Man, Lou Holtz is probably, you think Lou Holtz was awake? No, (laughs) I wasn't. (laughs) Lou Holtz Holtz is like, just thinking about, man, I'm just hoping to get to where I need to be tomorrow. All right. And then we got the who's the who's the Washington State to, to further prove my point. Who's the Washington State head coach? I can't remember the guy's name. Jason Dickert. Jake Dickert. Sure. Cool. Here. So they had Washington State, Oregon State, the, the leftovers bowl. And Lee Corso apparently said and was misquoted. This is the nobody wants us bowl. But the, the Washington State coach took it to mean the nobody watches this bowl. Mm-hmm. And this is what he says. You know, I think nationally, there's a you know, there's a lot of noise out there. I mean, I caught something this morning. And I was just watching game day. You know, and Corso comes on and he says, you know, the no one watches bowl. You know, and I don't really understand that. What's the merit once again? Because the facts say people watch the Cougs. And the people watch the Cougs more than every team that's left over in the Big 12. Okay, so I, you know, Coach Corso, he's at the point now where they just, they give him the sheet and he, you know, he reads off of it and they try to make a joke, but it didn't even, didn't even make sense. He even recognizes that Lee Corso is essentially a glorified mascot on game day. And he's still coming at the old man. Come on, guys. Step your game up. It's all this copycat stuff that's popping up now where you're trying to take these slights. You can't be Dion. All right. You cannot be Dion. 
So stop trying to be Dion because it comes off as cringe. It really comes off as cringe, man. Jake Dickert was born in 83. <laughs> I get your point, by the way. Super old. I know, Feel right? Super old. I was at the bookstore yesterday yeah. in Greenville. Yeah. I needed a yellow pad because I didn't have one. Uh-huh. I went in and asked them, like, hey, do you have any yellow pads? They go, could you describe that for us? And I was like, oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Can you um can you describe gasoline to me? People doing what gasoline is not all just plug-in and hybrids right now, right? Still a thing. Okay, it's still a thing. Just wanted to make sure. That's where Breeze Through comes in. They have gas. This is important. They also have very basic things like beer. Kids still drink beer, right? Absolutely. Or the youth, you know, 21 and up, obviously. They, well, they still drink beer, old, right? Old people still do. Okay. I just want to make sure that these things are still popular, right? Beer is still popular? Yeah. Okay. Well, they have it at Breeze Through. We got a wonderful beer cave just outside PNC Arena, Carter Finley Stadium. Uh, they also have a Breeze Through just outside Chapel Hill. So when you're on your way to Keenan, um, with this upcoming schedule, that's going to be really great. And who knows? It could be undefeated by the time we get to that Duke game Friday night. I'm excited. I got a breeze through stop aiming dark roast. There you go. Very excited about that. So all those things you can get at breeze through also big thanks to butcher's market. I uh, actually went to butcher's market this past weekend to re up on some chicken, some steak tips, Mac and cheese was $2 off. I absolutely Ooh. took advantage of that. They got the bacon crumbled Mac and cheese. Yes. As a side. Absolutely. Went after that. And we probably got, do we have some more Butcher's Market gift cards to give away? Thanks to Mixtape. Oh, yeah. Very yeah, excited about it. Butcher's that. Market. We got wings over. We got everything. What's up next? What's up next? Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline in studio, Jordan Kramer, Big Swifty. Huge. You're wearing your Swift merch today, too. I know. I, went, I mean, I went to the concert, so I had to spend an uh, insane amount of money on a T-shirt that I will wear about five times in my life just to prove it. <laughs> All right. How much was the t-shirt? I think it was like $45. Oh, that's not, that's terrible. not terrible. It's not terrible. But I could also be completely wrong because by the end of the concert, when I bought it, I was so like delusional from standing there for three and a half hours that it might've been more. I believe the football world is delusional when it comes to Travis Kelsey and Taylor <laughs> Swift. This is a PR stunt. No, they are not. They are not together. No, it's not. They are not together. There's no what, way. First off, what does Taylor Swift possibly need any PR for that she's using Travis Kelsey? Since we have, it's not about Travis Kelsey. This is about reminding the NFL who really runs the show. Here's my conspiracy since it's been a conspiracy day. What did they announce earlier in the day? Usher. Usher. Usher's going to be doing the halftime show. Watch this. She declined Watch that this. show. Right, because she doesn't need the Super Bowl. She doesn't need the Super Bowl. So Usher is going to be. Imagine. <laughs> here's the thing. Because I know how this business works. The NFL announces Sunday morning that Usher is going to be the halftime performer. Morning shows on TV are going to talk about this. Like, oh, get excited for the Super Bowl. It's Usher's next. And they're going to show video clips of him and Lil John, And, you know, this is my confessions. Like all that stuff. FM morning shows. We're going to bump all day with Usher. All right. And then compare that with, oh, you know, who's, you know, what was your favorite halftime show? I know how this game is played. But I always forget that. Swift really knows how the game is played. I think you're delusional. And she shows up in Travis Kelsey's super secret suite with his mother, which I have questions about. 
and she completely steals the show. That's what everybody's talking about today. Okay, well, if this is a PR stunt, then this is also kind of backfired on Taylor because the NFL is salivating over this matchup because for years they have wanted to (laughs) match up whatever this matching this pairing this dating whatever they are but for years they have wanted to appeal to two key demographics yes that is younger and that is women Mm -hmm. what does taylor swift appeal to more than anything women and especially now she's getting into like the younger demographic of course the NFL, Roger Goodell could not be happier to have one of his players. I'll say dating because I think they are dating. I don't know. You can go about your own do, way. Do you think you saw the outfit he was wearing when he walked through, right? Yeah, how sweet. No, do you know what that outfit was? It was the 1989 bedroom set. Yeah, you think right. I have watched hours yeah, for, worth of content for, for those, on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. For, okay? for those who are like, wait, what the hell is Ovius talking about? If you go to Taylor Swift's website as they get ready for the launch of 1989 Taylor's version, which is. It's not her website. It's not on her website. I thought it was her website. No, it's a designer. It's a designer who yes. did that? Okay, my bad. But 1989 is getting, this, this, this whole game around 1989. The re-release, yes. And 1989 actually is the album that actually got me to become a Swifty. Her first pop album. Her first real pop record. I was like, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Totally get it. I love that record. Regardless. So he's wearing this pajama set that is basically a 1989 theme. And this is where I'm starting to buy, I'm, I'm starting to think it's a PR work. <laughs> I think maybe it was just, I honestly, okay. First off, let's not give Travis Kelsey like that much credit. I think Absolutely he was probably not. like on the internet looking up like <laughs> 1989 male clothing. And that's what popped up. And he was like, and buy. And buy. <laughs> Add so, to cart. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is not her type. No, and I think it's a good thing. You think that's a good thing? Yes, because I think she's always, first off, I think about Taylor Swift an unhealthy amount. My mom told me yesterday she thinks I need to talk to my therapist about how much I think about Taylor Swift. You're not alone, by the way. No, I'm not. And I'm honestly not in the top like 90% of her fans and the obsession. So I I can live in the bottom 10. Mm -hmm. But she's always dated these like moody thinker, you know, entertainment industry guys, right? Sure. Travis Kelsey's definitely not a thinker. Not a thinker. They're never going to be on her level. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the inter- entertainment industry will ever be on Taylor Swift's level. Yeah. I think it is so great that he has his own thing. He's in his own field. He's at the top of his game. In his own industry. There's never going to be that competition for like the biggest entertainer or anything. And there never will be because she, she's not going to be beat in that category. No, she's not. That's why I got I would never date an NFL player. I wouldn't either, Ever. personally, but you know what? I like that Taylor Swift is in her athlete era. I'm here for it. You know, we've all been there. We've all done it. So why not Taylor Swift? To your point about where she is and how nobody can get on her level, that's what upset me about this Trey Wingo question that was making the rounds oh, overnight. Lord. So Trey Wingo, formerly ESPN. Yeah. I don't know what Wingo's doing these days. So he says, so everyone freaked out that Taylor Swift was in the Travis Kelsey suite today. Here's the only thing I really care about. Who do you think is better at their job, Kelsey or Taylor? Kelsey is a first ballot Hall of Famer and arguably the best to ever play that position. And then he has the poll. And I'm thinking to myself, what's up with the Rob Gronkowski erasure? Okay, like Gronk Gronk truly revolutionized that position. And I'm sure there are some Kansas City fans that would go, whoa, 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 whoa. We're talking tight ends. We're talking tight ends. You just want to not talk about Tony Gonzalez? Okay, cool. Which actually got me to ask a question in return to Trey. What do you think Trey Wingo thinks Taylor Swift does? What do, like, what do you 
think he thinks. He probably thinks she's still like a country singer. Right. No, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like, what do you think her job is? Do you think she's just famous for the sake of being famous? No. Yeah, she's a Kardashian, actually. She's a mastermind. <laughs> okay. My favorite mastermind was the woman who tweeted Taylor Swift being 33 and not wasting any time dating this guy for like a week and yeah. already like best friends with the mom. Yeah. Is big. That's like, it, yeah. I am not here to waste anyone's time and energy. Meeting the mom move that fast. quick? <laughs> meeting the mom that quick? Y'all are so new to the Swifty universe because you guys are not remembering the Tom Hiddleston era. Oh, when yeah. That was quick, jumped, though. And she met his mom quick. She's always quick. been like that. You know, she's the mom's girl. Which I get, of course. Okay, that gets to the next question. What uh, genre of Taylor Swift song are we going to get when this eventually Ooh. flames out? I don't know, but I, first off, it may not flame out. Maybe they're going to get married oh, and have babies, please. okay? You don't know. Please. I choose to believe in Taylor Swift's love life. It gives a lot of women um, hope for their own. No, so. her, no, 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 no. Taylor Swift's thing is, from my perspective, from my perspective, what I interpret out of Taylor Swift is that she has really honed in on bad at love. And that's where the relatability, the relatability comes into play. I think that's really mean to say. How so? Just because I love her and I refuse to believe that. But all of her songs essentially are of a particular flavor of, I'm bad at this. Not all of her songs, first off. Not all of her songs are about romance. And I can list off. Oh, I forgot. There's, there's ones where she murders somebody. And tries to get away with it. There's also the one that she sings about her mom's <laughs> cancer diagnosis. So. Oh, okay. All right. All right, George. Like, Jeez. I'm going to so, win this. If there's a Taylor Swift <laughs> argument to be had, I'm going to right. win it. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, will I will concede. I will to concede. make this local, though, mm -hmm. didn't this come about because Travis Kelsey shot his shot, like, on Twitter or something? He said that he went to her concert. Mm -hmm. And at her concerts, there's friendship bracelets. I actually had a little like eight-year-old girl next to me give me a friendship bracelet. It was the sweetest oh, thing in adorable. my life. I still have it. Um, and he said that he wrote his number on a friendship bracelet. Now, do I believe that to be true? No, I don't. I think he just was kind of like rifting with his brother on the podcast. Uh, yeah. And she doesn't meet people after... Or before concerts because the girl is singing on stage for three and a half hours um, and needs to save her voice and everything. So I think that's where it first stemmed. And mm -hmm. then, I mean, you do know during his one week, one off week, he was in New York City. Where is Taylor Swift based? Okay. New York City. So you're buying it. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, what I'm, I'm getting at it. is what if somebody shoots their shot with you this way? What if they had a friendship bracelet? <laughs> they're big Jordan Cram Jam fans and they're like, I just want to shoot my shot. Um, <laughs> I would not. Like, is there a moral to this story? Or? I think the you know what? Shoot your shot. You never okay. know. You know yeah. what? The, you know what the moral of the story is? Because somebody had tweeted this out. Travis Kelsey is not just some dude shooting his shot. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. But Come to on. her, he is. Like he's just a dude. Just a, look at her net worth. Look at his net. Worth. I get I that part. Say. It's like me having a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account and you having three thousand. Yeah. Like that is the yeah, comparison between it's Taylor fair. Swift. Yeah, that's fair. That's and actually what. And Travis Kelsey. Did you see our bank statements? <laughs> Trust me, that's not mine. <laughs> so did, did you see the o, the OG Media LLC bank statements? Yeah, I've actually been talking with your accountant. Because <laughs> that's scary accurate. That's scary accurate, Jordan. Jeez. Yeah, that, that that's the whole. Okay, so you're saying. For for from from our perspective, since we and this what this is what cracks me up about sports specifically, maybe even more so about the NFL. P NFL people have a really hard time processing things that happen outside the NFL. Yes. They think the NFL is the biggest thing on the planet. Mm -hmm. It's what moves the needle. It changes the world. It does all these things like people pack the stadium for this. No, that show was that show that you went to not in excess of what you would expect out of a Super Bowl. 
It was the most incredible thing I've ever gone to. Like the NFL it. wishes it could create. 100%. At the Super Bowl, what she's managed to create at all these stadiums. Night sets. after night after night. After night after night after night. Mm -hmm. They wish they could get a Super Bowl halftime show that would create a buzz that that would create if she actually did it. Mm -hmm. People would buy tickets not to go to a football game. They would go just for the halftime show. All right? They're selling out movie theaters on October 13th. I will be there. Are you going? <laughs> I will be What's there. What's coming out? Uh, yeah. Her documentary on the Eras yeah. tour. I've gone to the concert. I tried to go again, but couldn't get tickets the second time. And now there's the movie on the Eras tour. Yeah. Which um, city did you go to? Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. It no. was. Did like, she sing Tim McGraw? No, she sang. What were the surprise songs? She sang "Out of the Woods" and "15," and I cried. Oh, I like 15. twice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like the country. I would cry. You know what though? That song though it says, "In your life, you'll do things greater than dating the boy on the what team? Oh, the, the football, football team." team. So when she has she the re-release of Taylor she's Swift, she's the cheer captain. That's not not. Same I'm, song. The, I'm in the bleachers. Yeah, isn't that what? Different what's song. happening here? Different song. But isn't different that what's song. happening here? Different song. Okay, fine. She does sing about football quite a bit, though. She does. What happens to the Eagles? They got to be mad. I know Jason Kelsey's like, what the heck? Right. Is she a self-professed Eagles fan? Yeah. She's from like the Reading, Pennsylvania area. Okay. So Supposedly, and she has a song yeah. about uh, her Eagles T-shirt. Mm -hmm. Hanging on the floor, I think is the lyric. I, <laughs> was I that think. the one where he takes off his coat, or is he grinning like a devil? Again, that, there's a, there's that's a variety. Summer. There's uh, a variety. Taking off the coat, I think, that's is style. Sparks Fly. No, that's style. So these are these are flavors to Taylor Swift songs. That's just is this the most famous person that she's been connected with? Ooh. You mentioned some guy Harry that I've Styles, never heard of. Harry she Styles is probably yeah, yeah. The, the biggest, but I would say. And that was a PR work. But this is not, like, there's no John Mayer in her background. There's she dated no, John Mayer. She did. Yeah, yeah, All Too Well is all about John that's Mayer. That's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. You Sorry. really need Jake to study up on your You're Taylor right. Swift Like reference. I said, I dabble in the Swift. <laughs> the 10-minute All Too Well. John Mayer's significantly older Oh, than yeah, her. so there's a song um, yeah. that's on Midnight's that people believe is about him because it's like, she talks about being 19 and how this person stole like her innocence. And there's a lot of belief that that's about John oh Mayer. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, um, listen, if she sang dress about Joe Alwyn, I really look forward to the songs about Travis Kelsey. And the best part has been pointed out by some NFL people. The Swifties are now wondering where she got that jacket, like the windbreaker oh, yeah, jacket yeah. she was wearing. She's like, Oh my God, I'm totally buying this. So there's going to be a lot of chiefs gear. It's not even released yet, that jacket. It's not released yet? No. Oh, geez. That'll be sold out like- Wow, you deep, you did some deep dive on this. No, I spent a lot of time <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> My group chats were extremely active. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, maybe next week we'll talk about your AP Top 25. <laughs> Perfect. I feel I feel like most of your brain uh, brain 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 pattern has been focused on- um, I'm a woman, so I can multitask. So- Yeah, but when Swift enters the chat, like your TikTok algorithm is all Swift, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. That and like baking. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. That makes sense. Anyway, Jordan, thanks for hanging out. Anytime. <laughs>Great results. Joe, you've been using Pest Authority to take care of those critters, although I might need to get some Pest Authority to come out. Crickets in my house. Crickets of all things. Thankfully, the cats have taken care of some of the crickets. I was going to say, now you got to be careful with your karma. That's true, too.
That's true too. But you I know what you don't have to be careful with though. No contracts with Hayes Lancaster, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Great coupons. Seriously, just go to bugsbite.com, punch in your zip code. You'll see $25, $29 your first service for new customers. You'll see $50 off for your initial pest control treatment. And then again, there are no contracts, but you can buy bundles and save yourself some money for starting at $125. So check them out, bugsbite.com. All right, let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions. Thanks to Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out online, oakwoodpizzabox.com. Wednesday through Sunday. They'll be back in action Wednesday through Sunday because I don't ever know when hours happen. I, you, I'm i really bad about that, by the way. Like, I'm like, you know what I can go for right now? Pizza. Pizza. Oh, damn. They're not open today. I'll wait. I always do this. Or they are open. but They're not open right now. But anyway. Wednesday anyway. through Sunday. Big thanks to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box uh, for sponsoring us. All right, let's get to some Hey Joe questions from Darwin Jim. Something that needs to be discussed based on reaction. Should state fans really be upset about Duke's success under Mike Elko and the quicker turnaround they've had? People seem to be throwing shots at Dave due to Elko. I think it's fair to look at what Duke's success has been in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. That's really good coaching by Mike Elko. It is. You know what's going on? That doesn't mean you take NC State down. But I, I think you can you can appreciate and admire what mm-hmm. Mike Elko has done in a short amount of time at Duke. You know, you know what this is to me? I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm exposing myself here. But like the Dave Dorman, just, just be happy we won. That's like 11th year of a marriage energy. Yes. Okay. I'm not saying it's something that you should be proud of. I'm just saying when you've been with somebody for a long time, you're going to have some moments where you're like, I mean, come on. What, I what emptied you, the dishwasher. Like, what do you want me to do? Right. Like bare minimum shit. Right. Because you're, again conversations that I've had, but that happens after a long period of time. You know, the Elko thing or a new coach somewhere else who seems to be turning things around quickly. Yes, you highlight the Elkos of the world and they're doing a great job, but okay, where will things be after a couple of years? Hey, you know, David Cutcliffe had things run there for a Mm -hmm. bit. And of course it eventually found its level. You could be Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. New coach comes in, it's all good. Tony Elliott Elliott at Virginia. I mean, these things kind of happen. Hey, who was the guy at Georgia Tech that was Mr. Waffle House? Yeah, he's gone. He's Col- gone. Collins. Jeff Collins, right? That was all, oh, man. He gets Atlanta. This is great. <laughs> Didn't happen. So I don't know. Sometimes when you're when you're at a place for a really long time, um, and it, I think Dave can handle it better. I think it gets back to what you said. The messaging at NC State tends to be a big problem. Uh, from Bull City coordinators, the ACC has four ranked undefeated teams, six unbeaten teams total. Given that background, shouldn't our conference be scrapped, disassembled, and sold for spare parts, asking for the SEC media machine? <laughs> Look, I think it comes back down to a real simple thing. I don't think it's ACC disrespect. I think it comes down to there are other storylines in college football right now that are taking all the air out of the room, the biggest one being Deion Sanders. And what's going to happen with Nick Saban? Yeah, and all these unbeaten teams, Syracuse and Miami, I'm thinking top of my head, yeah. you got to play somebody. Yeah. Well, what's funny, I bring up Nick Saban. You had pointed out to me, apparently Paul Feinbaum went on ESPN and said, Dan Lanning's a guy that could be the next guy at Alabama. Like, what are we doing here? My what? favorite part of that, though, was when he was talking about Bo Nix. Because remember, the SEC is not very, it's not what they've been. Right. 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 And I'm, the SEC, there's no doubt the SEC champion will make the college football playoff. There's no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you're going to see the national champion be from the SEC this year. So I think we saw this when Texas beat Alabama. It was, look, we want expansion. We're adding Texas. See? You see what happens? See? And now now that Oregon has wiped the floor with Colorado, fine, Bob's all like, hey, you know who their quarterback is. 
He played at Auburn for four years. See, SEC still rules the world. And their coach, well, you know, he used to work at Georgia and he used to work for Nick Saban. So he could be the next coach at Alabama. From Todd, uh, will the Dolphins win the AFC? I mean, provided Tua stays healthy, I don't see why not. I bet you, by, by the way, that was in relation to a tweet that I made about Nathaniel Hackett. I think he stopped caring about what Zach Wilson did at the end of that Jets game because he was looking at that Denver Broncos score. It's like, oh, it wasn't me. So whose fault is it now? We'll talk about that more tomorrow. From Scott, what's the ceiling on the NFL plus Taylor Swift? Can we can we fathom how big this is? Bigger than Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake? Yes, bigger than. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody had pointed this out. I'd seen a I'd seen a TikTok in relation to the NFL having seen this before, right? And like, remember Jessica Simpson, Tony Romo? Sure, right. And it became this. Still not this. It's not that level, but you know what they did to Jessica Simpson? You know what they did oh, to Yoko, Olivia Yoko Romo? Remember what they did to Olivia Munn with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Like y'all, Taylor Swift cannot. You can't do this with Taylor Swift. It's impossible. She she is so big. Yeah, she won't be the bad guy. She will not be the bad guy. No. It, it will be about Travis Kelsey being distracted by trying to shoot a shot with Taylor Swift. It's it's that simple. It will not be Taylor Swift's fault, period. All right, let's get to Steve. Any chance you could have a pronunciation lesson for media folks on how to pronounce Louisville? Did they need it? Louisville? Oh, oh, oh. Louisville? Isn't it Louisville? Louisville. It's Louisville. Yeah. Just like you pronounce it with clubs. It's a blackout on Friday. Yeah. The only acceptable time for NC State to wear black is when they play Louisville. Yeah. It's it should actually be required by the ACC because I yeah. when they have those games where one where they're one wears like their home reds and the other one wears the road whites, I'm like, I and they're Don't both Adidas. It. I'm like, I have no idea which team is which. <laughs> Don't do it. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for today's edition. We will see you Tuesday.